We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. So, we've spent a lot of time here on the Authentic Living Show talking about the authentic self, how to access it, and how to live out of it. But we spent less time talking about relationships, particularly authentic relationships. Well, the time and the book have arrived, allowing us to really explore what it means to attract, achieve, and maintain an authentic relationship. Our guest today is Sarah Abel, author of the book Authentic Relationships from the Inside Out. She's a relationship expert from across the pond in England. Sarah started out her career as a news reporter for the BBC and later became a freelance writer and an educator in the area of relationships. She's written material for courses and resources used to work with individuals, couples, and families. Currently, she writes and speaks on relationships and has been working as the agony aunt for the Daily Telegraph. Authentic Relationships from the Inside Out is her first but very popular book. Authentic relationships are not your run-of-the-mill relationships. They are the real deal. So if you're wondering how to create, establish, or maintain an authentic relationship, stay right here. We're going to be learning all about it today. Welcome, Sarah, to the Authentic Living Show. Oh, it's lovely to be with you. Thank you. All right. Well, the first thing I think we probably ought to uh, just sort of disclose to the listening audience is how do you define an authentic relationship? I think for me, um, an authentic relationship is one that uh, is not only genuine and real, um, but it's one where both parties in the relationship um, allow themselves to be known, um, be known, you know, what's truly going on inside of them and are also willing to truly get to know to the, the other person. I, I think at the heart of authentic relationships is vulnerability and trust. Okay, so in an authentic relationship, you would be able to be vulnerable with your partner and trust that they would be able to receive and handle that well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So is that what most people are looking for, you think? Um, I think it is. I think deep down, um, I think we long for that deep connection where someone really understands us and really knows us um, and where we can really get to know them. And I, I, I think... You know, when you when you have that relationship of, of vulnerability and trust, um, I think 
you know, that, that connection is what many of us are looking for and, and sadly perhaps what many of us don't find. So what keeps us from finding it, do you think? Um, I think um, it's interesting. I, I always use the analogy of um, the hedgehogs. I think in America, I'm not sure you have hedgehogs. Is it more like hedgehogs over here are little, like little miniature porcupines, yes, if that makes sense? Them. Yes, we have them. <laughs> Um, and um, and um, there was um, a philosopher uh, called Schopenhauer, and he came up with this thing about um, hedgehogs, where you know that human relationships are a bit like hedgehogs. Hedgehogs, if they're they're cold and they need to get warm, want to find another hedgehog who they can get close to. But obviously, because they're prickly, if they get too close, they hurt each other. And I think in human relationships, there's a sense that. Um, we protect ourselves um, and uh, and we can be prickly um, and if we get too near each other we can hurt each other but equally if we stay far away from each other because we risk being hurt we end up being well in the hedgehog analogy sort of cold and rather lonely um, so I always think the solution to that is to be naked hedgehogs to take off the spikes that you know hurt us in everyday life and to dare to get close to someone. Um, and I think for many people that's a scary thing. Um, I know for me in the past that was a very scary thing. Um, the idea of do I really want someone to see me emotionally naked? And most of us, you know, the thought of that is, oh my goodness, you know, I'd rather run around the supermarket naked than do that. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, it's that sense of can we, we want it, but yet we fear being hurt and, and, and also we have a capacity to hurt other people. Right, right. And it's scary for us to get to know ourselves authentically as well because we have all these ideas that we're going to end up being, you know, if we really go down in there, we might find something we don't want to see. So, yeah, and, and yeah. part of the reason we don't want to see it is because we, we think nobody else would like it if they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there, there are those deep bits and those things that perhaps the shame that we've got there that we, we'd like to hide away. Um, and, and often it's so much bigger in our minds than it is in reality. But, you know, we, we all have those things in us and we fear what, yeah, someone else would think if we brought those out into the open. But yeah. the irony is often when we do bring those things out into the open, uh, the power of them, of that shame or, uh, you know, is, is lost. Um, because actually, normally we don't get that reaction that we that we we live in dread of or that we fear so much. Absolutely, most uh, most of the time, uh, people are going to respond well to that. Although there are occasions when people don't respond well to it, and of course, those are not the one of people. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I think part of that whole thing about whether you really want to be a naked hedgehog with someone is is choosing the right person. Absolutely, uh, who is trustworthy. And is hopefully going to, I mean, none of us react perfectly, um, but it's not about being vulnerable and bearing all to every person that we meet. It's about thinking, is this person a safe pair of hands? Uh, is this someone I trust? And um, should I take a risk with them? Uh, we'll never know for sure. We'll never know for 100% whether we can trust someone. But, but you, we could weigh it up and think, um, you know, I think the depth of our relationship, the knowledge I have of them, uh, they seem trustworthy. Um, 
uh, I'm going to take a risk to disclose this thing about me or to, to let them know my hopes or my fears or my dreams and, and trust that they'll hold those things as the you know, precious things that they are um, and not trample over them, which is our fear that people might do that. Yeah, and, and uh, yes, absolutely. And that risk is, is a big part of establishing authentic relationship, isn't it? That, we, that there's just not a way to avoid risk in relationship, really. I mean, I mean you, there, you can minimize it, but you certainly can't avoid it entirely. No, and I think that's what scares us. I think, you know, there's so much in life that we want to control, um, especially if you're like me and, and have a natural tendency to be a controller. And... Uh, and taking risk is the opposite to that. And uh, we have to step out and, and take a risk and without being able to control the outcome because we can't, you know, the thing in relationships is we can never control the other person. You can try <laughs> however much you like, but we can't control the behavior and the reactions and the thoughts and the feelings of someone else. Yes, and, and isn't that what our hiding is an attempt to do when we're sort of hiding and not taking that risk? It's an attempt to make them stay and like us, you know, which is a form of control. It is a form of control. And then, then you get into that situation of not, of creating a falsehood where they are loving you or staying with you or putting up with you as a friend for the wrong reasons, because you're projecting something that isn't you. It's not the real you. Uh, so they are reacting or um, in relationship with, with a false image of who you are and not and not the one that we're that, that we really want to be loved and known for um so we get ourselves into that vicious circle mm -hmm. of trying to protect ourselves but actually we're not protecting ourselves at all we're we're getting getting ourselves in a worse situation absolutely and we and you know that whole idea is that we we that that we talked about a second ago of risk taking is there's Again, no way to totally avoid it because not telling someone who we are, if we're going to be, if we're choosing this person and we think we're willing to take that risk to tell this person who we are, but then choose not to take that risk and continue to hide it, then that's a risk as well because that also can blow up the relationship. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, one of the best quotes I think you've got in this book is, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read it now. It says, we cannot see ourselves as other people do, nor can we know what it is like to be in our presence and the impact that we have on others. The only way we can discover these things about ourselves is if someone tells us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, it's a, one of the risks of relationship, but it's also one of the real benefits as a therapist. That's one of the things I see all the time in relationships is that they are between two people who are unwittingly helping each other grow. Yeah. And I, I think that whole um, impact, it, it's not only helping each other by being willing to sort of give that feedback, constructive feedback to each other, but it's also being willing to ask ourselves, um, you know, what is my impact and how are other people reacting to me? And I think the key thing I found when I was being an agony aunt and getting all these letters was, um, do we actually take responsibility for our own behavior? Mm -hmm. Are we aware of our own behavior and its impact? And do we take responsibility for it? So many people would write me these letters about this awful thing that somebody else did to them. <clears throat> and, um, 
But you could tell in the letter that that wasn't the full story just by how they described the reaction of the other person. You thought, you can't be 100% innocent in this scenario that you're explaining. <clears throat> but it was really interesting because if you wrote back and say, perhaps you'd like to look at your own behavior as well as saying you know, stuff about the other person's behavior. Often, I mean, some people would say, yes, I realize you know, I, I did X or Y. But some people would react really defensively against that and say, what do you mean? It's not me, it's them, it's them, it's them. And, um, and, and couldn't and failed to see that their responsibility and the dynamic of the relationship between the two people. Um, and, I, I, and I think that's the whole thing about our impact is, is being humble enough or um, authentic enough to say, okay, I get this wrong too and I need to be responsible for my part of a relationship breakdown or things that aren't going well. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's almost as if we're, we're it's got to be one or the other. Either it's my fault or it's your fault. It can't be both. And we can't, I can't look at me as long as you're not looking at you. Which, yeah. Which is a game we play, you know. Just, <laughs> I'm really not going to look at me here. And, uh, and it also, I mean, you're, 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 you're so right about this. It, the only way to make it genuine is to take that risk to go ahead and say, yeah, let me look at what of the impact I've had on you. And I know from my own life, I've been surprised at times at the impact I've had on other people. I think I'm presenting one way and they're doing, they're receiving it or, or I've come across in a way that's either effective or ineffective, but either way it surprises me and I'm like, oh really? That's the impact I have? Okay. Yeah. So then I think that's the part where you're talking about in this quote that Becoming aware of the impact really is asking somebody else to tell us. That's a risk. Yeah, it's hard to do, but it's, it's worth it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Sarah Abel about authentic, living, uh, authentic relationships. Stay tuned. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research 
education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Sarah Abel about authentic relationships from the inside out. So if you're interested in an authentic relationship, stay with us today. We were talking just before the break about the risks we take to be uh, honest with people and, and the risks that we take not to be honest with people, which is an equal risk, and um, <clears throat> how it is that we get to know each other by, by uh, at literally taking that risk, but also finding out how other people perceive us. And uh, so I guess what my question would be, if, is it always true that people are perceiving us correctly? Um, are they perceiving us correctly? Um, they're only perceiving what we're, A, what we're willing to portray to them, but also through their own interpretation. So it all gets, <laughs> it all gets a bit messy, I guess, because, um, you know, we know what it's like. You might meet someone, you might have a conversation and actually they're reminding you of someone else and there's, you know, there can be projection going on and we can think, um, we can imagine their reactions are going to be one way because of the person in the past that we know that reminds us of them. But actually, that's not the true picture of who they are at all. Um, so there are lots of filters that we see each other through. Um, so, you know, it's, I think authentic relating, it sounds, it sounds nice and neat and easy, but actually when you get down to it, it it's difficult. And I think that's why it comes down to communication and not making assumptions and checking our assumptions when we make them. So saying, oh, I thought you were going to react like that. Or um, were you thinking this when that happened? Um, and often we'll find that what we assumed isn't true at all. So no, I don't think people necessarily uh, always or at all have um, have a 100% true perception of each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot of communication that has to take place then in, in, in order to do that. And one of the things you've talked about in, in your book when you talk about the hedgehog is, is the idea of our, our buttons and how our buttons can get pushed. And, and uh, uh, you talk about flat buttons and sharp buttons. What's the difference between those two? Um, well, I think th this was just a sort of a simplified way of explaining how um, often in our, uh, you know, as we've grown up, um, particularly um, some learnt patterns of behaviour perhaps in our childhood, um, things that have happened to us or circumstances we've been through which have perhaps been unpleasant or we've needed to protect ourselves, back to the hedgehog again. And uh, there are two ways that we, you know, and this is very generalised, two ways that we might protect ourselves, um, just like the hedgehog. One is that we might retreat from people or become, become less than our authentic self, uh, which I call um, sort of flat behavior. Um, so we see that in people when they um, particularly shy away from relationships, or when they're always putting themselves down, um, or when they're um, uh, always criticizing themselves. Um, and, and then the opposite of that is sharp behavior. Whereas where it's, we're trying to make ourselves more than we are um, as a form of protection. Um, and so we might be um, 
quite aggressive. We might be boastful. We might be um, uh, putting other people down um, because there's that sense of if I can be in charge and I can be more than, then you can't get to me to hurt me. Um, so, and neither are healthy or authentic, um, but they're, they're just ways that we've protected ourselves in the past. And I think part of being an adult and again, taking responsibility for our behavior is thinking, I don't need these defenses anymore. The time has passed where I needed those. Um, perhaps I can uh, find a way of, and I call it becoming more harmonious, um, which, and the harmonious self is the authentic self where, where we are, um, where we don't need those defenses or we're putting down the ones that are redundant because obviously there might still be stuff going on that we're protecting ourselves from, but it's the things, it's that sort of learnt behavior over the years that we, we might always do. So, um, maybe being very critical, um, of ourselves or maybe being very critical of another person. So someone being critical of themselves would perhaps be um, showing flat behavior and someone being critical of other people would be showing sharp behavior, if that makes, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it does. So we've all got some kind of buttons that, come, that are sort of implanted in us as we are growing up and to deal with, uh, help us cope with certain scenarios we've had to cope with. And, and those things are going to come out again as we try to relate to other people. And so we need to be aware of what they are and what triggers them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, and that comes back down to asking ourselves, you know, I don't know, anger is a, anger is a, a prime example where we might get angry in a relationship with the person who's in front of us. And it's asking ourselves, where is this anger coming from? Is it that I'm really angry with this person because of what they've just done? Or is this anger triggered in me because it's reminded me of a situation or a person in the past and I'm feeling that fear again that I'm going to be hurt, that I'm going to be put in a position I don't want to be in and I'm feeling all those horrible feelings and so the anger is coming out. But actually it's nothing to do with this person that's in front of you. They've just triggered that. And so it's asking ourselves, you know, in the case of anger, what is this anger telling me about? Is it telling me about this incident in the here and now, or is it telling me about something that's going on in me that is a button that's been pressed that perhaps I need to go back and look at and think, why am I always reacting like that? Um, so that's just an example of anger, but it can happen with all sorts of emotions or reactions that we might be having in the present in a relationship. Um, but actually it's a button that's been pressed, which is reminding us of things or hurts or, uh, reactions from the past. Um, it's, it's sort of, yeah. Right. And when the old button gets pushed, we'll react the same way we did in the past and instead of reacting to it as if it's a new situation. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, uh, I hope my husband won't mind me saying this, but he, he hates it when, um, when I don't listen to him. And, uh, but that's always been a trigger for him in the past. So long before he met me, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it probably goes back to something in his childhood. But, but if someone's not listening to him, he gets very angry. And um, well, not very angry. He just gets cross. But um, it, and uh, for him, that's one of his triggers. His buttons is not being listened to. Um, for me, I hate it if someone um, deserts me or walks out. You know, that would be my worst fear. 
Um, and again, it's not if someone did that tomorrow, it probably it would be an overreaction if someone did it to me tomorrow because it would be bringing back memories of when it's happened to me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that. It's just being aware. You know, why do I always react like that in those scenarios? Um, and, you know, it's a learning process. I don't think we necessarily ever, we might n- never get rid of them completely, but being aware is always the first step to change, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things with regard to other kinds of relationships, when you're just talking about family, you talked about making contact, not leaving other people to initiate. And I, I really so agree with that, that we're, some, so many times we're waiting around for somebody to initiate. But on the other hand, sometimes I've worked with people who bridge all the gaps and don't leave any room for the other person to act to initiate. Mm. There's, a, there's some kind of a middle ground there that people have to establish with, you know, initiating when it's, when it's real to do so, when you feel the urge to do so, but not taking the initiative when, when the initiative really belongs to somebody else. Yeah, I think particularly, um, well, you see that in friendship and in and rom- romantic relationships, that if, some, if one person is always having to do the giving or the initiating, or the taking control, um, then it's not reciprocal. Um, and so you haven't got that give and take in the relationship. And so if someone is always the person who's initiating, um, you know, they're not allowing the other person to find their way of initiating. Um, and, and it doesn't make it reciprocal. And I think, you know, there will cl- clearly be some people who, who are greater initiators. But if the other person is going to grow and it's going to be a balanced relationship, you have to give the other person space to react to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and one of, one of your, you've got a whole chapter in the book about dealing with tricky issues. And one of the um, uh, things you say in there is that we have to deal with the right problem with the right person at the right time in the right way. And I just absolutely love that because that just encapsulates every issue that's related to how we're how we have to how we work together to solve problems or escalate a problem. Mm. And I think most of us genuinely, you know, we take a deep breath, and none of us look forward to dealing with tricky issues. Um, well, I think it's rare, anyway. Um, I think most of us find conflict situations or having to um, be really honest about being hurt or being really honest about thinking that we've hurt someone else. You know, it's hard to say those things. Um, but, uh, but when we can, I think it actually helps a relationship to grow and to deepen. Um, and again, it comes down to vulnerability and risk. Are we prepared to, to do that? Right, right, right. Yeah, so in dealing with the, I guess the whole issue of being in a relationship is tricky to some degree because we're, we're in some kind of balancing act, isn't that true? Um, yeah, there's, there's always going to be balance. And I think, um, I think, but, you know, relationships are tricky, but they're also hugely rewarding. And there's no um, better or greater adventure, uh, I think, you know, in this world than having good and deep friendships and good family relationships and um, romantic relationships. I think, you know, I think that's what we're here for. I think that's what we're created for is to relate to each other. Um, so, yes, it's difficult, but it's, it's worth it. 
Okay. Well, well, let's take a break now, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Sarah Abel. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Sarah Abel about authentic relationships from the inside out. Her book, uh out this, uh, I think, last year. Is that correct? Yeah, it's about to come out in paper get back again in um, August. Okay, um, wonderful. Yes, was- wonderful. Okay, so um, this, uh, what we've been talking about is how to, how to establish, maintain uh, authentic relationships. And we've talked about communication. We've talked about uh, projection and how to work with uh, the communication issues that might happen when we've misperceived other people. Um, and we've talked about dealing with the right problem with the right person at the right time in the right way. And uh, I think that's just like we said just before, I think that's so very important. And you're right. It is, our, our, I think we are here, uh, you know, to relate to each other. I think that's why there's more than one of us here. And, uh, 
you're, we're, you know, so there are many, many wonderful rewards in relationships of all kinds. Um, at the same time, there is some uh, considerable work involved, and I think in part that work sort of chips away at what isn't authentic inside of us. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think um, I think um, uh, in the Bible they have that phrase, I, um, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I think as humans we, you know, we rub up against each other and then we improve each other and we... we by being in relationship, we find out who we are authentically. I don't, we can't find out who we are authentically without being in relationship. I don't think, I don't, I don't think if you sat in a cave on your own for six years, you'd get to that place. But I think if you were in a relationship with someone for six years, you would be further down the line um, of of finding your authentic self, if that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely, because we grow into it more and we take deeper and deeper risks and there's definitely stages to our evolution as we process through getting to know each other and getting to know ourselves on a deeper level too. Um, Yeah, so, all right, let's talk a little bit about the beginning of a relationship because so many times, you know, uh, we two things happen. One, we tend to believe that we can read a book about authentic relationships and then we'll just go out there and find authentic relationships and and they'll just happen for us <laughs> because there's a Mr. Right or a Miss Right out there for us, and we just have to find that one person, that one needle in the haystack, and if we could just find that one person, everything would be fine, and we wouldn't have to work at it. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit? <laughs> I think, you know, it's a, it's a very appealing idea, that, isn't it, that there's, there's that one person out there who's going to get us and is going to understand us and going to make our life Perfect, but um, uh, I think that really is a myth that we need to knock on the head. Um, I think all relationships need work at some stage or other, some more than others. Um, but also, there's a there's a real danger with that whole idea about Mister or Ms. Wright, in the sense that you know you could end up with someone, and then when things start to go wrong or you start to have a hiccup, or you start to have an issue, um, which you do in relationships, then you think, you turn around one morning and you think, well, maybe they weren't Mr. or Ms. Right after all, and they're still out there somewhere in the universe, and I've got to go and find them. Um, uh, And so then there's that danger that you give up on that relationship and go and try and find the soulmate that, you know, uh, must still be out there in the universe because this one can't be it because this one seems like too much hard work. So I think we can get ourselves in all kinds of knots if we go out there looking for this one person. Um, I think it's a, it's a dangerous proposition uh, for any of us to have, really. Yeah, and at the same time, then there's a balance in that because we do need to choose carefully. We need, need to be selective about our partners and, and you know, uh, pay attention to the signals and the yellow flags and the red flags and the, you know, what's going on inside of us and the compatibilities yeah. and their relationship skills and our relationship skills and pay attention to all that. So there is a choice that we're making along the way. And so it's not, oh, I've fallen in love, so that's a calling from God to marry you. But rather, you know, <laughs> there, I'm choosing and being selective about who I partner with. But once I've chosen to partner, then I need to, you know, do the business of making it authentic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think, you know, going right back to the beginning, even perhaps before you start dating someone, it's thinking, um, what is it that I 
want or need from a relationship. Um, so, you know, am I dating just because I want to have fun? Am I dating because I feel I need a relationship to complete me? Am I dating because actually I really do want that lifelong authentic relationship? Um, because I think being honest with ourselves helps us be honest with the other person. Um, because we can fall into all sorts of relationships because either we're not honest with ourselves or we're not honest with the other person. Um, you know, we can meet some, we, we can think that they're highly attractive, we can fall into bed with them, we can, you know, and two weeks later we find out they were married or, um, or we've, you know, we find that there's something completely incompatible between us or, or we, you know, fall for someone and we really want to have children and we find out that they really didn't want to. But we need to be discovering that right at the beginning of the relationship. It's, you know, why are we actually having this relationship? Why do we want one? Um, and, and I think, you know, dating and um, getting to know someone should be fun. Um, well, hopefully it's fun. And, um, but it's also an, uh, a journey of discovering is this person, um, you know, are we going to bring out the best of each other? Um, can we be our authentic selves with each other? And, you know, are we going to make a good team? But actually, you know, we're helping each other be m more than we are when we're on our own, not less than we are, um, you know, when we're together, sorry. Um, so, you know, so yeah, I talk about green lights, um, amber lights and, and red lights in a relationship. And, and, uh, and amber lights are things, you know, where you'll start dating someone and you'll come across that, that first issue, that first argument or that first disagreement, that first thing where you think, oh, actually, that's a bit irritating. And uh, when you hit one of those in a relationship, it's about being able to communicate, work through it, uh, deal with the conflict and think, um, you know, can we communicate about this? Amber lights don't necessarily mean this relationship's not going to work. Because two, you know, there are the, the people who give up the first sign of a hiccup in a relationship. Um, and, uh, but red lights are things, um, I read this from a, an American author, um, you know, red lights are your deal breakers. They're things that you really aren't prepared to put up with in, in a relationship. Um, so if before you've always dated people who were perhaps, um, uh, addictive personalities, or you've always dated someone who puts you down, or you've always dated someone who um, is a commitment phobe. It's knowing those things and saying, right, I'm not going to do that again. And, um, you know, I say it's helpful to share that with a best friend or someone and say, please hold me accountable. You know, if I meet the good looking guy, tell me, uh, -uh that's another one of those. Don't go down that line. Um, so it's knowing what your knowing what your deal breakers are, and then sticking with them. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and in that process, there there might actually eventually in some relationships. Tell me if this is wrong. Uh, come to a place where you've met a deal breaker. Once even having had an authentic relationship, at some point, you you may decide that no, this is not going to work for me anymore. So, what about that? Yeah, um, if if you can't see it working, and and I think, you know, the most authentic or real or kind thing you can do 
is to end it for them as well as to end it for you. And um, I've got these great American friends. Actually, they might be they might be listening because I emailed all my America, my friends in America to say this show was happening. But um, this great couple called Jack and Susan, and I love telling their story. When when they first started dating, um, Jack said to Susan. Um, you know, I don't know if this relationship will last. I don't know if we'll get married. I don't know. Uh, you know, I can't see into the future. But, um, you know, I hope so. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. But, I, you know, we're going to get to know each other. And he said, I want to treat you so well that if you end up marrying somebody else and it doesn't work out with me, I want to be able to look that man in the eyes, shake his hand and say, here is Susan. I looked after her for you. Wow. Well, I bet all the girls that are listening to this right now are going, where is he? (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid Jack and Susan are married now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and I I do think it takes that kind of of willingness to commit to the process. Not, you know, so many times we think commitment means committing to the outcome, but actually commitment is always commitment to the process. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think, you know, what, what is clear in his story is he, he is thinking of her and the effect of the relationship on her, not just what he can get out of it. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's that sense of whatever happens in a relationship, will the other person be better off or worse off for knowing us, whatever the outcome, but, but will they be better off for having had that, however short or long a relationship with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, now having said that, um, and we don't have a lot of time before the break. As a matter of fact, it's going to come up in a minute, but I'm going to go ahead and ask the question, um, what about forgiveness? Because we're, And we'll talk a lot about that in the uh, next segment, but this whole idea of forgiveness is one of those things that comes up again and again as we talk about relationships. So we're going to talk about that uh, after the break. And we'll be back in just a minute with more from Sarah Abel. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? 
Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the first in your child's life. But how do you cope with the first that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for our final segment, talking today to Sarah Abel about authentic relationships and um what I want to do for just a minute, Sarah, is, is just give you a chance to uh, tell our listening audience about your, anything that you would like for us to know about, whether it's events or your webpage or any way to connect with you, anything like that, if you will. Um, I, I always feel a bit hopeless at this stage because I haven't got very uh, technologically advanced, but um, uh, I have promised my husband that in two weeks' time I'm going to have my blog up and running. Um, and it is going to be called The Naked Hedgehog, so hopefully it will be easy to find. Okay, great. Um, uh, and um, so that will be going. But if anyone, you know, if anyone does want to email me, my email is fairly easy to remember. It's relationships at btinternet.com. Uh, so relationships at btinternet.com. Um, so... Uh, uh, that's probably best, but yes, the the website, the Twitter, and the blog will all be coming soon. But yeah, I do feel bad; I haven't quite sort of got there yet. So, um, no, definitely. And um, the book, I think, is definitely available in America on Amazon. Um, dot com. So I I know you can get it from from there. Okay, great. Yeah, any website, any online website. I mean, uh, book Bookshop. outlet you can get yeah. it at, and it really is a great book. Uh, it starts off with a. A little quiz you can take. There's several um, exper- uh, exercises throughout the book that you can take. So I really would encourage our listening audience to, to go get the book and, and do some work on it because it is true that authentic relationships is something we all soulfully desire. So, so yeah, okay. So want to talk a little bit about forgiveness. I call forgiveness the F word because it's got yeah. so much. <laughs> there's so much about it that is... Uh, misunderstood and and uh, we have such a difficult time wrapping our hearts around this issue of forgiveness so can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that I think um, yeah I think it can be a misconception that forgiveness means uh, 
that what the other person did was okay or or it wasn't important or it didn't hurt or but forgiveness forgiveness i think is is vital to the health of any relationship um also saying sorry and apologizing but um but i think forgiveness is that being able to draw a line and say actually what you did probably wasn't okay and it did hurt and you know uh, there was lots that wasn't right about it but actually i'm not going to let the past affect the future and i'm going to let go of that and and i think in the process of letting go we allow ourselves room to heal and um and we give the relationship and whatever that scenario was um another chance it's like having a fresh page um and 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 starting again um and uh you know and and i think forgiveness isn't easy i think some people can can just say oh yeah 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 just forgive but um i think true forgiveness when you've been really hurt or let down or betrayed is probably one of the most difficult things you can do but often i think it's worth looking at the counter argument to forgiveness which is if if we don't forgive often it's us not them who is held in the hurt and and the resentment and often we, we're worse off than actually the person who caused us the the harm in the first place lots of people can merrily get on the way on their way not even realizing that they caused this thing that we are or aren't forgiving them for um so uh, forgiveness can hold us trapped unforgiveness can hold us trapped um but forgiveness allows us to move on and to move into the future and um i think someone once said you know unforgiveness is like um you know when we have a scab and then we just keep picking it um we never allow it to heal and uh, and forgiveness is actually when we, we we give give ourselves that chance to heal and get over something um but no it's not easy absolutely not and i think you've uh, said it very well that it really is about our own work, our own personal work of letting go. It's not about the other person and what they did or didn't do. It's about whether or not where we are in our own personal growth. But also, it doesn't always mean that we stay with the person. I mean, no, we no, give and leave too. Yeah, um, um, and uh, or forgiveness might come after you've left or after a relationship's broken down. Um, so, yeah, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, that you get back into that relationship um, or a friendship or a family relationship, whatever it was that went sour or where the pain was. Um, but forgiveness, you know, just says I'm, I'm just letting go of any need for revenge or I'm letting go of my resentment. I'm letting go of the bitterness and, you know, but maybe we're not right and it's not compatible you can move on with your relationship and I'll move on with mine. Um, but maybe we're not meant to be, to, you know, together. Um, that's, that's fine. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, that you have to be reconciled um, as in the relationship. But it, it does free you both from that tie of, um, of, uh, of, of the hurt that's been created between you. Right, right, Absolutely. 
All right. So uh, we've talked quite a bit about the whole, we've run the whole gamut of relationships and what they are, you know, an authentic relationship and, and sort of what that means to start it, what it means to work within it, and, and even sometimes what it means to end it. So in terms of ending an authentic relationship, I'm, I'm in a relationship that's no longer working in an authentic way, let me say it that way, um, do you have any ideas about how a person can go about doing that? I think I always say if it's a dating relationship or if it's a friendship that's coming to an end or whatever, I always think, um, you know, end it in a way that you would want someone to, to do it if they were doing it to you. And I think that means not a letter, not a phone call, not a text message, not a, um, a Twitter. Um, it, you know, it means face-to-face, it means being kind, it means um, being honest but without necessarily being mean, if the honesty is mean, but uh, I think the kind and then the honest. Um, uh, and it's not coming up with cliches like, it's not you, it's me, which might be true, but if that is the reason, then explain why. Mm-hmm. Don't just hide behind a cliche. Um and uh, and it's going back to that sort of Jack and Susan idea of uh, am I encouraging this person and leaving them in a better place? So I think we can still build people up even when we're ending a dating relationship with them um, and, and thinking that actually this person's going to go on and hopefully have a relationship with someone else. And, you know, I don't want to destroy them in the process. So it's being kind, I think, you know, Kindness, um, you know, is a, a value that's very important in relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's sad but true, but we have to end our talk today. But I have really enjoyed talking with you, and I thank you so much for uh, talking to us about authentic relationships because I think your perspective is so right on, and I, I hope our listening audience has benefited from it today. And next week, we're very excited about having Julia Cameron come back on the show for the second time to talk about her new live online events on The Artist's Way. Don't miss it. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.